How's it going, everybody? My name's Davey. This is the Give Him Hell podcast. This is my third episode. This is the second episode that I'm actually keeping because, as I said in my last episode, I wasn't really a fan of my first one, but I was really happy with how the second one turned out. There were obviously some things that I could work on, some things that I could fix a little bit more. But like I keep saying, we're in this together, and I just want to thank everybody. That you know what? It wasn't a, it wasn't a ton of listens, but it was it. It was more than I was expecting, and the feedback that I got was very, very positive. And, you know, just you know, really kept kept me wanting to you know spend my week, like spending my free time, making sure that I was going to get today's episode down a little bit better than the previous one. Spend a little bit more time, write a little bit more. I have pages of notes that look like a stupid fucking maze, but. Hopefully I don't say anything out of line and I follow all my little arrows and stuff like that. All that said, thank you. And today we're going to be talking about the Unseen's 2005 release, State of Discontent. And quick heads up, we are going back to Massachusetts. And I promise it's not just going to be about Boston-based music. I really, really do promise I, I like more than just East Coast, Boston-specific punk and things like that. Like, I, I enjoy a lot of music from all over the world, but, you know, this is me, like, talking about albums that, like, were a big impact on my life and things like that, especially early on. Like, you know, kind of started the started the bare bones and then, like, just, you know, keep going up and up and up until you, we get to know each other a little bit better. So this is, you know, this is just, like, the foundation of who I am, and a lot of it has to do with, like, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood punk and San Francisco and Boston and New York and stuff like that. So that's kind of what led to the idea to start with today. Uh, so like I said, uh, The Unseen State of Discontent was released on two th- in 2005 on Hellcat Records. And you will hear that name and a lot more names that I will probably be saying today over and over and over again throughout the course of time because there's a genre of music that I really, really like and whether it be like crossovers or guest vocals or something like that, there are a lot of bands that I listen to that just weave in and out of each other and I love it. I, I really, really love it. Like it, it just, it feels like you're a part of something that's bigger. And as you're paying attention, like, you know, that's, that's how I was able to find out about other bands and things like that, especially at this time in my life when I was still figuring stuff out. Uh, anyway, just a little bit of background information on the unseen. If you're not familiar with them, they're a street punk band, uh, that formed in 1993 under the original name, the extinct in hangman, Massachusetts. And they are considered to be one of the more prominent bands to revive street punk. And I love that. Like if you listen to the early stuff, you definitely hear like the early stages of what would eventually go on to be a uh, state of discontent, uh, with Mark unseen. Mark unseen wasn't original, wasn't their original lead singer. He was actually the, one of the, he was actually their drummer, uh, Paul Russo, who went on to go join the Pinkerton thugs was the original guitar player singer. And I gotta tell you, like, I didn't know that. Like it wasn't until I started doing research on this. Like, like I just assumed like the early recordings were like, just, you know, lower, lower quality. Like they were released on perfectly fine record labels like BYO and AF records and stuff like that. And I was just like, ah, you know what? It's, you know, that's fine. Whatever that is, that's fine. But yeah, Paul Russo, before he went on to join Pickerton Thugs, did four albums with, uh, the unseen and he did a really, really great job. Um, but if you listen to the earlier albums, like they're not as cohesive. Like it's definitely just like this song sounds like this, this song sounds like that, this song sounds like that. And they were very, very, very much more like 
that standard and practice street punk. And it, it was great. Like, I mean, songs like Social Security and Lower Class Crucifixion, like, the, the it, it's all fantastic. But when you listen to uh, State of Discontent, you find it is very different. Like, you you hear the band opting for a more post-hardcore sound rather than just straight street punk. And that really makes State of Discontent a better album for it, in my personal opinion. Uh, so with that said punknews.org let's go back there because like i said it was the early 2000s and i was still like trying to figure stuff out and punk punk news was like my go-to and i kind of want to live in these moments that i talk about the stuff that i talk about and i just really i was i was always on there and i would get ideas for like what i wanted to listen to and things like that through punknews.org so this is what punknews.org had to say. They gave it five out of five stars, and I'm here for it. Like, I really, really am uh, stating that for a genre that usually sounds the same, State of Discontent offers a surprising amount of musical and lyrical diversity, bush air politics, and teen suicide to touching tributes to the power of music. And, of course, a good old fuck you song in the form of Wasted Time. The review finishes with they have crafted a hardcore masterpiece that can easily hold its own next to Minor Threat, Black Flag, and The Germs. If punk is dead, this may be the album to revive it. And, yeah, I mean, this this was an era, like, I had been into this style of music now for about two years. I mean, not specifically, not specifically street punk. It took me quite a while to get on board with street punk um i was i was really into like the more like big melodies and things like that uh you know big choruses and like if there was a guitar line that followed a chorus line i was in like i was like that is that is clever i i like that where i went that route my twin brother was really really into street punk and he he really dove in like the first time he showed me the casualties i wanted to punch him in the fucking face like I didn't like it, I didn't understand it. But as I listened to it more, as I started to understand more and more and more, then I I took to it like a duck to fucking water. So anyway, State of Discontent was released on Hellcat Records. And if you don't know anything about Hellcat Records, like it is one of my personal favorite rec- record labels. It's owned by Tim Armstrong of Rancid. And I mean, if you just look at the class that like these, like this label has messed with, I, you, you just... You will probably hear some, most of these names, if if not all of them, like down the line. Um, but just to just to name a few, like albums and bands that they've put out, or like just bands that they've put out. Uh, they've done the Distillers, the Nerve Agents, the Agrolites, Street Dogs, Slackers, Necromantics, Civet, Orange, and Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. Like Joe Strummer spent his final project working with Hellcat Records for fuck's sake. And if that doesn't like say something about the caliber of this record label, then I really don't know what to tell you. And like Joe Strummer is a personal hero of mine. I mean, yeah, I obviously know that there's like controversy with, you know, the clash and you know, what they could have done with punk and what they ended up doing with punk and stuff like that. But I mean, Joe Strummer went back to an indie record label to fucking put out uh, some of his final works. Um, And I love it. Like, I just, I really, really like how that whole thing turned out. Uh, So with that said, with the release of State of Discontent came a little bit of pushback. It was Mark Unseen's first album, uh, but the production on it was just 
awesome. Like, it was awesome. The album was produced by Brett Gerwitz from Bad Religion and Ken Casey from Dropkick Murphys. And I think that that is a perfect marriage. In that day and age, Ken Casey was, Ken Casey had his hands all over so many records and so did Brett Gerwitz. Brett Gerwitz owns Epitaph Records. And in this time, like, what he was putting out, like the Epitaph that I fell in love with, is obviously not the same as it is today. But these two together were able to release a really, really great record. And like I said, it did get a little bit, bit of pushback because the band had released an, a music video for MTV2 and people were just like, oh, these guys are fucking sellouts. Like, this is so fucking stupid. But honestly, if you go back and watch the video, it's pretty fucking good. Pretty, pretty fucking good. Uh, this was the Unseen's second to last uh, album that they put out. They released Internal Salvation in 2007. And I mean... After that, they went on a hiatus from 2008 to 2013. They resurfaced at Punk Rock Bowling. Uh, and again, that's just one of those names that you'll probably keep hearing, like Punk Rock Bowling, Riot Fest, The Fest, stuff like that. Org Core, if you will, like is a really, really big thing that I, I keep coming back to. Um, but they resurfaced at punk rock bowling and now they play every blue moon i i i follow trip unseen on social media and stuff like that and like there is never really much of a heads up it's kind of just like hey the unseen is playing tonight it's just like fuck shit okay well probably won't see him this year maybe maybe something maybe something will happen uh be able to catch him again uh but I mean, this is this album is street punk. Like it is very, very well produced street punk. And if you listen to it from cover to cover, like sit down, give it an honest listen, there are threads that tie this whole thing together and make it a beautiful album. And the whole thing ends with a Rolling Stones cover of Paint It Black. And I usually really don't love this song. Like I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan. I hate the Beatles. But the way that they covered it and the way the where they put it in the album i was a really really big fan of i thought it was smart they didn't put it in the middle they didn't put it somewhere stupid like the track listing on this album is very very thoughtful and the paint it black cover just ends it like it just it sends you off it's just like that that worked really really well for me i was a really big fan of how that whole thing unfolded and it's not the lyrics that necessarily tie everything together. It's more the musicianship, like the way the guitar sounds. Like you listen to certain bands and you're just like, there is a theme here that I can't put my hand on. Like I used to be really into like the military sound of street punk. Like once I got into it, like, you know, you could just like see guys in uniform, like guys in uniform and stuff like that. Like just walking around and just like, okay, well that, that matches that. Uh, but there's something different with, the state of discontent like it just sounds right for what it is and i mean in 2005 like there's a lot lot going on politically and you know the unseen released i think two records on af records so i mean like if you're familiar with anti-flag like that's politics out your fucking ass uh but i ended up really digging into the unseen because of my twin brother who i believe if I'm not mistaken, probably found him. It, no, it found him on a a comp, because I mean, back in the day, there weren't algorithms, there weren't, you know, suggested artists or anything like that. It was like you could get on punknews.org and see what they were reviewing, or you could go out and buy a comp, and sit down, listen to the whole thing, and maybe find your next favorite band. And that was a, that was so much fun for me. I really, really enjoyed that aspect of discovering music, you know, going, because I mean, there were a few that were always pretty certain, especially like up until 2008, like Warped Tour was pretty consistent. Uh, Punkorama 
And The Rock Against Bush is somebody that was really into political punk. I would buy anything that just had a big middle finger to George Bush. And I mean, I wasn't even old enough to fucking vote yet. But the comps were great. Uh, so, I mean, Punkorama, like, Punkorama is like where I found, where I personally heard an Unseen song that I really, really enjoyed. And uh, that's also where I found out about Bad Religion, The Bouncing Souls, Tiger Army, and The International Noise Conspiracy, who went on to be like, just this band that I really, really fell in love with. And I still love them to this day. Like, they're not playing out anymore. And like, the bass player was in against me for a little while, but that's neither here nor there. The International Noise Conspiracy is a lot of fucking fun. Uh, and then like the Warped Tour comps, like even like back on, back in the day, uh, I think it was like 2002 or 2003 where that, those were the ones where I got into like Dag Nasty, No Use for a Name, The Briggs and Useless ID. Those, those are great. I mean, I, you hear these songs on these albums and like, you have no idea what to expect. You just see these names and these titles and you know, like, okay, well, this is all affiliated with itself. So I have a vague idea of what this will be, but I also have no idea what this will be. Uh, so, I mean, I think I probably honestly heard like Dropkick Murphys on one of them too, like for the first time, but the, like the first time I heard one of their recordings, um, was probably through that. The first time I heard them was in 2003 at the Warped Tour I went to, but talking about State of Discontent again, I mean, like, yes, it was released in 2005, and there are a lot of political songs on it, but I mean, there are also songs about unity and stuff like that, and the songs that Trip Unseen sings, he's the bass player, uh, Mark Unseen takes on 90% of the vocals, but the songs that Trip Unseen sings are usually, I think, for the most part, the songs about unity, uh, we, are all we, all, we Are All We Have and You Can Never Go Home. I mean, both those songs are about, like, the power of music and what it can do for you, and the choruses, like... I was just in. I, I, I loved it. I well, I think what I like about State of Discontent and like why it was such a big thing for me in like solidifying why I was, how I could appreciate street punk was I could understand it. Like it wasn't just screaming into a microphone and hoping for the best. Like it just worked for me. Like it was clean and you you got it. Like you didn't have you didn't have to like read the lyrics to like really try and reach for what they were trying to say it was all there like it was all there and i mean yeah some of it's pretty fast and yeah you would have to get the lyric sheet but you always got the idea you always got the concept of what it was so i think i was i was digging through the comps and stuff like that my twin brother was in uh but it wasn't until uh 2005 that i actually saw the band for the first time uh, and it was on my 16th birthday at Bogarts in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I had a great, great fucking time. It was just, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, like that was, that was the anti-flag used to do these huge spring tours. It's just like, Hey Davey, like, what do you want to, who do you want to see for your 16th birthday? Like if we were to go on tour and I wouldn't have to say anything, they would just stack these fucking bills. And like, I, that year, it was Anti-Flag, The Casualties, Smoker Fire, and The AKAs with The Unseen. And The AKAs were great. They were so much fun. Like, if you like obscure, kind of just like, I don't even know how to solidify, like, how to, how to, like, corner this 
particular band, but they have a synthesizer, uh, ex-lead singer of a straight-edge band uh, with a very, very unique voice. And then, like, it's just, like, it's it's bouncy. Like, it's very bubblegum, but also, like, they were a band that proved a point. Uh, they, they were great, and I saw Smoker Foyer, and I knew who they were, and I had a really good time, and then The Unseen went on. And I was, I, I was in. Uh, the album starts off with a song called The Other Side and transitions really, really well into a song uh, called Scream Out, which uh, was the single that they released for the MTV, the controversial quote unquote MTV2 music video, but it's a great song. They really, really like it. And they opened up with those two and did the same transition they do on the album and they did it live. And for me, that worked really, really well. I, I was sold the minute I saw it and then I saw the casualties and they were great. And then I saw Anti-Flag. That was like so many, like so many firsts for me that night. Like I was just like, I was in, I was living in this moment and I had such a fun time right up until Anti-Flag started playing Spaz's House Destruction Party, and they wanted a wall-to-wall circle pit, and bear in mind, like, I am just turning 16. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do anything bad until I was 18, because quite frankly, I was horrified to break the rules. Um, But they start doing it, and, you know, back in that time, like, it was a pretty young audience. I, I mean, looking back for me it was a young audience because i was a young person and like you know noticing more people around me my age and stuff like that especially being involved in that aspect of the show whereas you know not seeing the guys like on the corner in the back with their arms crossed just having a really good time just taking it all in but i decided that i was going to be a part of this circle pit yeah i just go and go and go and go and then out of nowhere some dude reaches his hand across my face and punches my glasses off and I didn't know what to do. I was standing in the middle of this room with people running all around me, just going nuts. And probably like five or six people came up to me and they were like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, everything's fine. I just got my glasses punched off my face and I don't know what to do. And I enjoyed the rest of the show. I, I had a really, really good time. But every single one of those people that, uh, that came up to me, came up to me later and they were like, hey man, I tried. I, I couldn't find them. And that meant a lot to me. Like, these people didn't know my head from my asshole. Like, I was a total fucking stranger. I was a child. But in that moment, like, I was, I, I felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself. And I knew that this was a community that I wanted to involve myself in. And I was really, really happy that I did. My mom was fucking pissed when I got in the car. And I was like, yeah, my glasses got punched off my face. And she did not want to talk to me. She didn't want to look at me. Uh... So I think after that, I wore contacts for a while uh, until I figured out, you know, exactly what I was getting into as far as music is concerned. And, you know, now I'm back to my glasses. I don't really like hang out like in the pit or anything like that, unless we're dancing. You see me at a ska show, you will probably find me dancing pretty close to the front because ska crowds are fun. Really enjoy that shit. But once I got home, I think I went to a Best Buy or something like that and found State of Discontent. And like that album stayed in constant rotation for so long. And it's still like, it's still a really, really good record. And like the Unseen released their last, latest. I mean, we, I can say last, I can say latest, however you want to phrase it. I mean, even though they're back to playing, it's not like they're putting anything out. Mark Unseen has a new band called Ashers and they're harder. They're dope. My God, they're good. Um, but their last album, Internal Salvation, was released in 2007. And I mean, like, that was, you know, we were still in Bush era politics. So it, it stays, to- it is, it stays in that time. It was like a time capsule 
of politics from X to Y to Z. And we never really got outside of that. And these ba- this band is still playing these same songs that they wrote all these years ago. And they st- are still really good. I mean, you know, like I was saying on my last episode, like, you know, that last album was released in the early 2000s and it's 2020 and it still totally holds up. This album was released in 2005 and holy shit, these, these lyrics age so well. I mean, especially in this day and age with like teen suicide rates and everything like that. I, I mean, if we need an album to come back more than ever, especially like for young punks and people who feel misplaced and things like that, like if you need an album to just like understand the state of the world at a certain time, and understand that like it has always been like this but there is always a place for you to go state of discontent would be the album that i would hand the youngest person that just needed something i don't know what else i could do for them but if i gave them this album and they understood it then i have done my job and i have done it very very well especially if like they get it and not everybody gets it because when you listen to it it's a really really aggressive album but if you dissect it it is an album filled with compassion and heart and the music and the musicianship is just top fucking notch it sounds great it totally holds up i'm done talking about state of discontent for today i really really hope you get a chance to sit down and listen to this album if you don't like this genre of music at least sit down and listen or give the lyrics a read like just read the lyrics and i mean even the thank you notes like the thank you notes like because of that particular album you see like dickie bear from the mighty mighty boston's had his fingers on this record lars fredrickson from rancid had his had his fingers on this record like whether it be vocals or anything in between like there's so many tie-ins but just read the lyrics. Read the lyrics alone. If you don't like this style of music, that's fine. I'm not asking you to get into street punk. It's not an easy one to get into if you're not familiar with it, if you don't know what you're getting into. But it is a really, really good record. And I mean, it can really pick you up if you find the right song at the right time. Or it can just drive you up a fucking wall uh, politically and just be like, well, we're pretty much in the same fucking space we were back then. So, well, time to go do something. But State of Discontent is a great record. If you sit down, if you enjoy it, please let me know. Like, I, I love this record endlessly. And like I said, it took me it took me a while. It took me a lot, while to get into Street Punk. But man, when I did, like, I am glad Street, State of Discontent was at the top of my list of albums that I ended up listening to. Again, my name is Davey. Give them hell. Thank you so much. I had a really, really good time doing the research for this record. I really like this record, and I really hope you give it a listen. And we did this in a take, where Finn didn't bark. I'm going to re-listen to it, and I hope, like unholy hell, I got everything in that I wanted to, and didn't ramble on about something stupid. So, stay tuned. I'm really excited for next week. I've already got something in my back pocket. It's an album that I have a personal attachment to uh, and like personal stories to talk about like with the band and things like that. Uh, I'm very excited. And I promise we are going out of Boston. Instead, we are going to Hollywood, guys. We are going to have a good time talking about the sunshine and what it does to people and their guitars. Thank you so much. Give them hell.